This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Monday, October 15th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Trump quashes hopes for China trade talks. Trade war throws soybean exports into new pattern. The destruction left behind at Hurricane Michael's wake. Trump quashes hopes for China trade talks. President Donald Trump on Saturday seemed to quell any hope that the U.S. and China could make progress soon in resolving the country's disputes that have resulted in hundreds of billions of dollars in tariffs and continue to take a toll on U.S. agriculture exports. National Economic Council Director Larry Kudlow confirmed Friday on CNBC's Fast Money Halftime Report that negotiators for both countries were preparing to meet on the sidelines of the upcoming G20 summit in Buenos Aires. Kudlow was not optimistic on the talks, but he sparked some hope. He said it may bear fruit or it may not. Thus far, unfortunately, China's response to our asks have been rather unsatisfactory. So we'll see. Maybe negotiations between the two heads of state will bear fruit. But just a day later, Trump discounted any near-term negotiations. Trump said on the South Lawn as he was boarding Marine One, China wants to make a deal. China would love to make a deal. I don't think they're ready yet. Trump suggested that the longer the U.S. tariffs are in place, the more willing China will be to bow to U.S. demands because of the toll it's taking on the Asian giant. Trump said they're not doing well. If you look at their economy, the Chinese economy is not doing well. And we're doing very well. We're doing better than we've ever done. The trade war throws soybean exports into a new pattern. U.S. soybean exports are off to a slow start for the 2018-19 marketing year, but that's to be expected because of the ongoing trade war with China. That according to World Agriculture Outlook Board Chair Seth Meyer. In a normal marketing year, that's from September 1 to August 31, Chinese importers would be buying massive amounts of U.S. soybeans now. But the Chinese 25% tariffs, a retaliation to U.S. import taxes aimed at punishing China for intellectual property theft, is dampening trade. The fact that the Chinese are buying much more, as much as they can, from Brazil is causing a few major shifts in international commerce. China is buying much less from the U.S. Brazil is not supplying some of its traditional customers in Europe and elsewhere to try to take advantage of the higher prices the Chinese are willing to pay. Meanwhile, the U.S. is being forced to diversify its export sales, something that some say is long overdue. Meyer said in an audio clip posted by the USDA, In a normal year, you'd see shipments grow rapidly in the first six months of the marketing year and then tail off in the second half of the year. Instead, you're going to have a much more consistent pace for the rest of the world and maybe even a little bit stronger pace in the second half of the year when you're selling to everyone else as the Brazilians are trying to sell almost exclusively to China. USDA is reporting roughly 1 million tons of soybean export sales to China as of October 4th. At the same date a year ago, USDA was reporting sales of 8.4 million tons. As a result, the U.S. soybean industry is scrambling to open every export opportunity and diversify markets. For more on those efforts, listen to our AgriPulse Open Mic podcast with U.S. Soybean Export Council CEO Jim Sutter. The destruction left behind in Hurricane Michael's wake. 
From acres of uprooted pecan trees to flattened chicken houses and smashed cotton plants in Georgia, Florida, and Alabama, the destruction left behind by Hurricane Michael is massive. Farmers, politicians, and insurance adjusters have begun to assess the damage and grim reports from the fields are flooding in. Georgia Agriculture Commissioner Gary Black said, Unfortunately, our worst thoughts were realized. We saw months and sometimes years of work just laid over on the ground in a matter of seconds. The most long-lasting damage from Michael is being felt by pecan farmers who will lose about a decade of productivity if they choose to replant. But cotton farmers likely saw the most widespread destruction of 2018 crops. Clay Perkle, a Georgia cotton farmer and state representative, described the damage to his fields in Turner County to AgriPulse. This year was shaping up to be one of the best years ever for yields. Perkle said he'd only brought in about 10 to 15 percent of the crop on his roughly 700 acres when the storm hit. The 85 to 90 percent of the cotton left in the field is a complete loss, he said. Perkle said he started out harvesting the lowest yielding portion of crops. He said, I was saving the best for last. That turned out to be a mistake. But the destruction in Michael's wake was far broader than just pecans and cotton. Georgia vegetable farmers saw entire crops laid to waste. The goal right now is to assist our partners as they work to restore power to buying points and processing facilities so our farmers can get their product to market, Black said, after a flyover of some of the worst-hit areas. Updated numbers from the poultry industry indicate 92 chicken houses were destroyed. Poultry is the state's top agriculture commodity, contributing $23.3 billion to the economy. Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue was back at his home state Sunday to survey the damages. The cotton crop was destroyed on Representative Perkle's cotton farm. USDA to approve license for African swine fever virus. The USDA's Agriculture Research Service will officially announce in the Federal Register today that it intends to approve a license for Zoetis Incorporated to market its vaccine for the African swine fever virus, a product produced through the cutting-edge science of gene editing. Comments must be received by November 14, 2018. The National Pork Producers Council has been sounding the alarm over the virus that is deadly for pigs but believed not to be dangerous to humans. The virus, once confined to Africa, has spread through Russia and Eastern Europe and is now killing swine in China, the world's largest pork-producing country. Iowa Agriculture Secretary Mike Nag said in a recent statement, While this virus poses no threat to human health or any food safety concern, it could have a devastating economic impact if it would be found in the U.S., Our pork producers do a great job with biosecurity and protecting pig health, and the new cases highlight the importance of everyone remaining diligent in their biosecurity efforts. Research Foundation, hopeful on new money. One of the significant disputes that the Farm Bill negotiators had to iron out was whether there would be a new round of federal funding for the Foundation for Food and Agriculture Research. The House bill provided no new money for FFAR on the basis that the original $200 million provided in the 14 Farm Bill was intended to be a one-time seed money. 
After that time, they believed the foundation would rely on money raised from outside sources. The foundation, however, argues that it needs more federal funding, and the Senate-passed bill would provide it with another $200 million. As of last week, negotiators had yet to reach an agreement on the bill's research title. But Foundation Chairman Mark Keenum, the president of Mississippi State University, said at a public meeting on Friday that he's hopefully optimistic that negotiators will reach a deal on the new funding. He said the money is needed for what he called a critical time for agriculture. The foundation's executive director, Sally Rocky, also said she's hopeful negotiators will come through. Well, that's Daybreak for this Monday, October 15th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.